Hello and welcome to the New Model Advisor podcast. I am Laura Perkis. I'm a reporter for New Model Advisor and I'm joined today by the lovely Verona Kenny, Managing Director of Intermediary at 7am, who's going to talk to me about the impact of the coronavirus on pensions freedoms clients and the 10% drop notification letters. Hi Verona, how are you? Thank you. Uh, hi Laura, thank you and thank you for that lovely um, introduction. Um, yeah, no, I am good. I am at home, working from home, just like and everybody. Where is your home? Um, so I live in Dulwich, and um, so we're you know we are lucky down here in Dulwich. The sun is shining today, and I am able to see the sun shining a lot more in my little home office than I would be if I was in the city. It is lovely, isn't it? My office in the city is right in the middle, near no windows. So this is a lo lovely change. I know how you feel. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, I, I rarely see daylight during the day. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I just saw your son just ran in. Was that your son? Yes. Yeah, sorry, that is uh, one thing. Yes, my five-year-old is around. So apologies if you hear the random mummy um, <laughs> through this. <laughs> no problem. Um, okay, so we'll crack on. Obviously, I think this has been a really testing time for everyone. Um, obviously nice to be in your offices at home, but it's been a testing time. Uh, it's been a particularly uh, testing time for investors, uh, many of whom are probably experiencing their first major drops in their investment portfolios. Um, and some of them, I think, have subsequently received these 10% drop notification letters. I know my mum has um, <laughs> received a couple telling her her pension fund has plummeted, which she's loved. Um, but frankly, when I spoke to her, she was a bit confused about the value of getting these letters. Um, she was told, I think she lost around 21% of her portfolio, but she follows the stock market anyway. So she kind of already knew that. Yeah, um, yes. yeah. But for someone who, who doesn't follow the market or maybe a more nervous investor, um, maybe these letters could cause them some unnecessary concern. Um, I don't know, but what do you think about them? Yeah, you know, this is one that um, I would say as an industry, we all had quite a few concerns with the uh, 10% drop notification. I think where the regulator was coming from is that it was all about giving the investor more information about their investments. And, you know, that is a really good thing. And that is something that we as an industry should be doing. And it should be leading to good consumer outcomes because the investor knows what's going on with their portfolio. I think that the, the flaw with these 10% drop notifications, they are only for drops. They yep. need to get out within 24 hours. And in a lot of cases, what an investor is getting is literally the fact. Your portfolio has dropped by 10, 11, 20%. They're not actually getting the context. And just getting a series of numbers without the context wrapped around it is really quite, um, you know, it, it, it just doesn't give you the whole story. So for a lot of people, you know, they go into that kind of fight or flight and they're like, well, if I've already lost 24%, I, I don't want to lose any more. So initial knee-jerk reaction is, right, it's time to get out. But of mm -hmm. course, this is the complete wrong time to get out because, you know, you never want to buy high and sell low, which is what the investor could be doing. So it does have its challenges. On the flip side, it's all about when the portfolio has dropped we don't have the same get it out within 24 hours when the portfolio has gone up by 10 percent. so we're really only telling investors half the story really good example of that was um not in december 2018 um when a lot of the 10 percent drop letters went out uh, and then by two weeks into january most portfolios had made that back again but we didn't tell people um, and so there's probably these people that still had these concerns that, oh my goodness, my portfolio's dropped. So I think it's right to tell investors what's going on with their portfolio, but we've got to be able to 
put the context around it. And do you think there would be value in, in doing it both ways and telling them when their portfolio is risen as well as dropped? You know what, I think that there's two sides to this is that, you know, this is someone's, in a lot of cases, we are talking about someone's retirement, what their retirement income, um, the money that they've saved through the whole accumulation phase. And should investors be engaged and understand what's going on? Absolutely. Should these investors be able to, you know, log on to an app or an online portal and see that for themselves without a doubt? And that's the way that I think that we should be encouraging people to engage with their money. It is their money after all. Um, I think we've talked about this before, sequencing risk. Oh, yes. um, a big a big challenge um kind of linked to these letters i mean do you think that that makes it worse um the risk of people wanting to pull out um if they're kind of being constantly told how much it's falling and not how much it's rising yeah i think the human reaction if, if something is 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 hot and scolding you you want to move away and you know no one gets a 10 percent valuation drop and go oh fantastic double thumbs up they're like you know autom the automatic reaction is I, I don't want any more of this this is this is hurting me you know, let's stop it without, yeah. you know, but when you wrap the context around it, that this would be the complete wrong time to get out. And then you, you know, you go through the, the, the theory and the rationale, then you're putting the investor's mind at ease. Yeah. Uh, I also noticed when my mom got her letters, it said at the bottom, your financial advisor has also got a copy of this. Um, so I noticed the financial advisor gets a copy, but the investor also gets a copy. Um, and then they don't get to discuss that necessarily with their advisor before they see it. Yeah, um, it, it, yes, yeah. yeah. And I think that um, because it, it's really, it, the portfolio is being managed by a discretionary manager, it is the discretionary manager that needs to notify the, um, the, the, the client uh, because the discretionary manager is the one that appointed to manage the money. But the advisor, you know, does need to know this as well. And do you think maybe there'll be some value in the advisor seeing it first and getting to discuss it, then discuss it with the client? Yes, yeah, yeah. So um, the rules state that as the discretionary manager, you've only got 24 hours to get the notification out. Hence the reason that yeah. it needs to go out, out straight away. But no, I absolutely agree. You know, we do a communication out to advisors at, at the same time. But it is probably in a lot of cases going to be the advisors get the phone call. Yeah. Um, Okay, so obviously all I mean all investors have been affected by the coronavirus, but I would say none more so than those who are already taking an income in their retirement. Um, this is obviously something you're really big on, retirement income. Um, and arguably, I think this is the first big challenge that uh, pensions freedoms clients may have faced. Um, you know, those who, who possibly gave up their benefits and have, uh, took a pot and have now possibly lost um, a chunk of the value of that pot. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah. You, go. <laughs> no, 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 you're right. you know, I think that this is, um, you know, this is obviously unprecedented times. But what's really important is that a, a client that, um, you know, is in retirement, and if they have taken their pension um, pots out of sort of maybe buying annuity and, and going into an investment, what's really important is that really this is like a giant call to action to make sure that that client has the best possible outcomes. They need to be in a retirement solution that can weather any storm, even the really bad storm that we're in. And that all comes down to looking at the traditional strategies that we've had in place for providing income in, in retirement. What we're going through now, now shows weaknesses in, in some of those um, kind of traditional strategies. And what's really important 
is that a client is put into a retirement income solution that understands that when you're in something like this, that maybe now is not the right time to be selling clients down. This is where cash has such an important um, role to play, that being the cash holding that the client has to continue to pay out the income and also the cash buffer that the client should have so that they don't have to sell out their capital during times like this. So it really does come down to making sure that the client's in a robust um, retirement income solution. And uh, again, I think we have already discussed this, um, but for those who are already in it and, and maybe weren't in a, a good strategy already, and that's now starting to show, um, what, what kind of things should those people be doing that, or what can they do now um, yeah, to kind so of backtrack? No, no, uh, uh, absolutely. So for clients that are maybe in just um, in a situation where they're in a drawdown and they're having um, income paid out every month and for example maybe they were reliant on dividends to fund that part of that income and as we know um, you know some dividend payments are, are being held back so there actually could be eroding more capital it probably is the right time for the clients with their advisors to look at the drawdown strategy that they're in and take a long hard look to say okay is this the most robust drawdown strategy I can be in is it time to maybe weather this and then to take a look to say okay maybe I need to get into something that's going to give me more protection, that's going to have cash there, going to have a cash buffer. Um, basically, the client needs to be protected from these volatile markets that we're currently in. Um, yeah, you've talked about this before, having a two, the two pots. Um, so yeah, you've got the cash buffer. Is that the one that you, sorry, the one you take out of? Yeah, so um, that's the one um, you want to use. That, that's right. So our retirement income strategy is actually a, a bucket or a pot approach. Uh, in that you have your, your long-term investments that may be for the next generation, you have your more medium-term investments that you maybe are going to draw on in, in five to ten years' time, and then you have your short-term investments, which is maybe what you're going to be drawing down for the next couple of years. On top of that, you'll also have the, the cash that you need and also a cash buffer. So the cash you need maybe for the next you know, 24 months, and then you'd also have a cash buffer so that if we went into prolonged um, times like this, or even if you're you know, at volatile times, you may take out of the, the cash buffer to protect your capital. The other thing that you might find is that the three other um, pots that I mentioned, so your medium, your short, and your long-term um, pots, you might actually have um, a different investment solution in, in each of those to reflect the time that you're gonna have in the market. So for example, if you've just hit retirement, your long-term pot for the next generation, hopefully you're not going to call on that for the next 20 years. So <laughs> you've got a long-term investing time horizon there. So you can weather the volatile markets more than your short-term pot, which is, as the name suggests, maybe you're going to draw it down within the next two to five years. Um, great. So over, over the last couple of weeks, um, have you at 7am really noticed any, any big questions or concerns coming from advisors? Loads, you know, this is, you know, well, you know, this is unprecedented times. And I think what's been really um, interesting is that, you know, we all went into this, this lockdown, this lockdown phase um, with no time frame on it and still no, no, no time frame on it. Um, and the timing of that was just before tax year end. Um, so I think that what happened is that, I don't know, it did for us is like, okay, we've got to work from home, we've got to do this, we've got to do that, but actually we've got to get through, through tax year end and that's what we were hearing from the advisors and, the, and clients as well, is that we needed to, to, to get 
through tax year. And so a lot of the questions that we had were twofold. Number one, what's going with the markets? You know, explain your how you're positioned to you know where and to make sure that the clients aren't getting all the volatility of the market. So you've got the investment questions, and then on the other side, you've got the servicing questions like, gosh, can can I still do my ISO sub for this client? And you know, how are you going to handle posts and checks and all of those kind of things? Do we need client signatures? And that was something that we were very quick to, to move away from wet signatures, to encourage people to use backs or chaps when they could, um, and to get everything delivered to us in electronic means. So we've currently got 350 people working from home and they're all still working, they're still doing the job. So you know, they're still processing, processing those applications. So it was important that we didn't have any holdups in that. So those were the two types of, of questions we were getting up until tax year end. What I think is interesting, once we got over tax year end and as we're more weeks into, into lockdown, now I do feel like we're all kind of settled into it, not where we yeah. want to be, of course, we'd all much <laughs> rather be out <laughs> doing what we do. But now I feel we're moving into that, uh, the BAU, the business as usual phase. Yeah. And, every, yeah, and I think everyone's okay, okay, this is the new norm. Our businesses yeah. have to keep going and they have to keep going to be able to, to support our clients, to support our staff, to support the economy. So it's really important that we keep our businesses going. So that means that we have to, and we are, have moved into this uh, business as usual phase, which you know means keep taking care of the, of the clients that you've got and working with more clients that probably need advisors and need financial services now more than ever. Um, well, that's really good to hear sort of that you went digital quite quickly. Um, absolutely. <laughs> um, in the good books with advisors there. Um, but yeah, uh, for, for the benefit of advisors, how was that for 7am? I don't know how many employees you actually have, but moving everyone, working from home so quickly and, and catching up on all those um, digital signatures. We, the complete hats off to our um, BCP group, our business continuity plans and um, to our internal operations and IT teams. They got the 350 of us working at home very quickly. We employed a whole lot of strategies to do that, making sure that everyone could access all the systems, making sure that each team had what they needed to, to work. So for example, our dealing desk, we had to make sure that the dealers had everything that they, that they needed um, at, in their home offices. And uh, they did and we were able to to continue to, to support the um, trade volumes that were coming in. Um, we also, what was very important to us is the service element of what we're doing. We had to make sure that we could keep picking up the phones and answering yeah. questions. That was one of our, our big things. We employed um, some technology to basically enable people to continue to take calls as if they were still in the office. Brilliant. And I think that has made a, a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, and I'll be honest, if anything, we're probably um, picked up on, on how quickly we're answering, answering, the, answering the phone, which was um, fantastic to, to see and hear because you know, during these times, one thing that we have found is that you know, we've always had a fantastic, lovely group of firms and clients that we work with, but we're finding that people are, are more personable during this time, especially if you're doing like we are now, you know, a... A, a Zoom call or a Teams call or using the technology, you know, I can see into your house, now you can see into my house and who yep. would have ever thought that that <laughs> would be the case? You know, I've been on calls with so many of our, our clients and our firms and, you know, you, you say, well, you saw my five-year-old before, you, you know, you would have never 
had, you know, the chance to, to see him. So We're just used to it now, aren't we? I saw we him and like, hello. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And the weird thing is, is that, you know, my five-year-old, he's used to seeing me talk to the screen all day and he comes in and he's, he waves and, you know, it's, it's, the, new, it's the new way. And, and I think it's made us a, a lot more of a personable bunch. Um, brilliant. I'm actually going to wrap it up there. Um, okay. It seems like a, a good place to close. Um, thank you so much, Verona. And uh, thank you for everyone for listening. This has been Verona Kenny. Uh, if you have any questions for us or for Verona, um, do get in touch. But otherwise, have a wonderful rest of your day. And thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>